This is a Suno India production and you are listening to Climate Emergency. The sounds of birds chirping, water gushing, leaves ruffling is what they will lose fear the residents of Molem in Goa. During the COVID lockdown, the Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change went ahead and gave many virtual environment clearances with little or no consultation with public. Three such environmental clearances in Molam Goa have given rise to Save Molam campaign by youth and environmental activists in Goa. They have been advocating really hard to get the clearances cancelled and save the pristine Molam from development. Recently, some of the young protesters have also been arrested for their non-violent protests to save these projects. Hi, I'm Rakesh Kamal, producer at Snow India and host of this podcast, Climate Emergency. To understand more about the Save Molem protests, I talked to two young activists, Gilbert and Leandra. I asked them to describe how Molem looks like for someone who has never visited. Basically, you know, the Western Ghats are on the border of Goa and Maharashtra. There you'll find Molay National Park and Bhagwan Mahavir Sanctuary. Now, the, the Western Ghats are more than like 150 million years old. That is older than the Himalayas, if you go to see. And it's also a very resilient place and the home to many endemic species. It's basically very beautiful if you ever visit it. Molay lies between the, uh, like in the Western Ghat region and the Western Ghats themselves, they form a very diverse corridor for many species. So the like main species that you probably would know is the Bengal tiger because Molay National Park is also uh, on the quest with the Kali Tiger Reserve from Karnataka. So the both of them are sort of interlinked. Along with this, there are many endemic species as well, like the Asia, uh, Indian pangolin, which is actually very, uh, it's a very highly trafficked animal. And it's endangered as well, along with the tiger. Similarly, there are other species as well, like uh, the Asiatic wild dog, or the ruby-throated bulbul, or even some serpents like the king cobra. Now, uh, Agumbe has, uh, there's a place called Agumbe in Karnataka, which is the world's only king cobra sanctuary. Along with that, the Western Ghats and Mole National Park, they form a King Cobra corridor as well, just like the Tiger Corridor. So like this, there are many endemic species here, which you won't find anywhere else on the planet. And basically, all these projects that are happening are threatening the biodiversity of this region. It's not really just one kind of uh, vegetation there. So uh, there is an EIR report that's been done and previous surveys as well which have actually um, found uh, a variety of vegetation. Now, this includes um, 
like evergreen forest and deciduous forests as well and even some island plateaus so yeah di- there is a different variety of vegetation as well as um, farmlands where uh, which the local people depend upon so it's 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 a very wide uh, geotechnical profile so i want to understand what the problem is and how did this problem start to begin with if you can go chronologically that would probably help the listeners a lot more on what exactly um, has happened uh, that molem is in news okay so during the lockdown when one of the students visited molem she found out that huge tracts of land were cleared around the protected area upon further inspection we found that during the lockdown there were virtual clearances that basically the ministers were like okay let's go and clear up this land for so so and so projects so now the three main projects that we are very concerned about happen to be the double tracking of the railway lines the expansion of the nh4 highway and the laying of the 400 kv transmission lilo line now if these projects um if these projects get into play you will have fragmentation of this biodiversity hotspot this will be very problematic as it will lead to increased human animal conflicts even before the clearances were given out there was another major factor that played in so sometime around march a new eia draft was released now this was completely the polar opposite to the old existing eia draft and the new eia draft basically uh, allowed for a post facto approval of projects what this means is that any development projects that were happening in any area they could have carried out and the environmental impact assessment could be done during the initial phases of the project themselves not before the clearances so this was the major factor that firstly affected us and then yeah like leander said there was a clearance given by the ministry of uh, yeah moefcc uh, and the uh, wildlife board to clear these projects in this area now again um, there's another what do you say um, the clearance of this projects is very shoddy so basically there are laws and legislations in place for example the wildlife protection act so these are not followed now what the wildlife protection act states is that there cannot be any development happening in a protected area unless and until it benefits either the wildlife or the wildlife habitat and none of these three projects fall into that criteria but it's blatantly been disregarded by the wildlife board themselves and uh, yeah so the entire methodology that's been followed is without any care for legislations or laws and it's in the name of development which has been stated to be for the benefit of uh, goa and the goan people but it's really not it's majorly for the industrialization in the so my understanding is three projects one is a road project one is a uh, railway line doubling of railway line and the third one is the electricity uh, connection project right yes. uh, these are the three ones that have been cleared without any uh, consultation is what you're saying right and without any yeah. due procedure of being followed okay uh, so what happened i mean how did you guys get into picture 
um, I've not asked you for your backgrounds. So it would be great if you can give a little bit about your background and why uh, this project becomes important for you. So um, initially, uh, ever since my childhood, I've been a wildlife uh, enthusiast and an environmentalist along with my dad. So, um, and what I've studied is not related to nature or anything. I've studied aerospace engineering, but I have actively been part of environmental campaigns. Now, when these projects happen to destroy the only national park in the state, it's a big deal. That's when the, there's a collective effort of students, environmentalists, and mostly all the people of the state to come together and unite against these projects. So basically, I've grown up, uh, I mean, surrounded by forests and trees, and I've always loved being um, among nature. And, you know, I've loved wildlife, and it's always held much appeal for me. Uh, it's always, I mean, it's been very bad seeing all the mining and the deforestation. Basically, I don't know what I could do about that. So, and I've always wanted to, and I've held much interest in social activism and the wildlife projects. So my friend, she was one of the people starting the campaign. That's how I came to know about it. And after my exams, which were in September, I got involved in the movement. How big is the movement now and uh, how did you guys come together? Is it an online campaign that you guys got together to start with or how did this work? Basically, this happened during lockdown, so most of it was online. Uh, We got together through social media, that's how we spread the word. We've been speaking to friends and family members and trying to get on as many social media sites as possible and trying to get as much support as possible and awareness so that we can combat this monster, this monstrosity that these projects and basically save our future. I know you guys have been protesting for some time now. You know, have you written to the ministry? And if you have written, what is the response from them? And what next? I mean, how are you guys going to stop? Um, so when the clearances were given out and when all the student groups and the other people as well, they found out about this, there were letters written to the Minister of Environment, Mr. Prakash Javrikur. And these letters came from all kinds of people. They came from medical students. They came from concerned citizens of Goa. They came from environmental experts, tourism experts, even some of the MLAs themselves. And in about a couple of weeks' time, Mr. Prakash Javrekar went publicly to say that he's not received any of these. So that's when the protests sort of went to the streets. And... um, it's not just been one person or one organization that's organi- organizing this. It's been the collective effort of the state. Now, the protests themselves have not been very violent. They've been candlelight marches or uh, awareness dances where people just dance in the streets with posters to raise awareness because there's not been really any knowledge uh, of the projects and not a lot of the information is available. Uh, actually, to put in context what's happening, um, until last month, we were not aware of any EIA report that was done for the projects. And the EIA report that was done was done very shortly. It's not it's not followed any procedure. It's not been done with consultation of experts, nothing like that. It's just been done for the sake of being done. So 
for now what's been happening is the campaign's been on social media to raise awareness to get the attention of the ministers as well as on ground protest to get the attention of the ministers and uh, this will carry on till there is some significant progress because as of yet there's not much to it um, because most of the progress that we can say is not really progress it's just been temporary you know wins you could say in certain aspects of it but as an overall thing nothing's been happening and yeah so most of the campaign and protesting and writing to the ministers that will carry on till something actually concrete is being done now how do you keep the moment going the government will wait for a year right and the moment will slightly start watering down that is one of the biggest problems how, how are you going to innovate and create and continue to do the kind of work that you guys are doing one way is to get new volunteers every new volunteers bring something fresh to the table and they give us more enthusiasm and uh, you know the motivation to go on to be bigger louder faster and yet peaceful and in our limits but at the same time new ideas on the table you know so basically they they are one one of the reasons that we can still keep the momentum another way is through our awareness campaigns and masks uh mask things you know every every new person everybody vera if we can get some of the media outlets to cover it then there's going to be massive progress the purpose of our campaign is to get more more of these uh, mainstream media outlets to cover the issue because that will be of great help now yes our protests are all on social media but social media can only get you so far right like even the audience of twitter is limited the audience of instagram is limited the main issue has to be brought down to the mainstream media where more people can you know get to know about it and then unite and as well as this um our campaign has not and will not just stick to social media because people need to voice out their opinions as well and this is a great way to bring together people of all ages and there are people of all ages who are joining in because ultimately it's not about just the youngsters or just the elders it's about all the people of goa and all the people who have a bit of goan blood in them even if they're not goan the way to reach them is through mainstream media coverage or whatever campaigns we are doing but each of them have their limitations and uh, ultimately volunteering and awareness campaigns to uh, magnify the voices is what's needed how do you communicate with people of mol about what will happen if these three projects take place i mean uh, the government would come out and say tomorrow that okay you will get more jobs because there's road construction that's going to happen uh, you will have new hotels new you know uh, your area will develop quite a lot is what they will say uh, how do you plan to communicate with the people about the effects that will happen because of these three projects that we're talking about um so first of all the benefits of the projects really don't fall to the people of goa because yes the government has said there will be jobs there will be tourism all that but ultimately it will also cause pollution and the state of goa is not going to handle it now the major pollution will come from the fact that there is a plan in action which has been uh, devised by the ministry of shipping which is called the sagarmala project and this basically allows for 
coal transportation through the state now most of these development projects are to facilitate that industrialization for the transportation of coal and one major player is adani who has recently come out and said that it's all fake news and all that but so yeah the industrialization for the purpose of coal transportation first of all is going to cause pollution that's not going to benefit anyone there's not going to be any tourism in the area if there's pollution in the area and uh, secondly there are alternatives which have been uh, which can be done such as eco tourism or sustainable development in the area which benefits the region and the wildlife as well but none of that is actually looked into so people need to ask the right questions okay the government is giving jobs but what kind of jobs are they are they they are not actually going to be good jobs for and there is evidence for this like uh, the government had uh, offered a few positions for people working on the projects but even those didn't seem to be what they had claimed they would be i'd say that there's just a lot of misinformation around and there's not been any information that's been available on the public domain until recently and that too because many of us actually did some very elaborate digging up and we found all these reports etc etc and then there has been a review conducted by some environmental experts who have found that the surveys that have been conducted in the name of environmental impact assessment they are all been done very casually so people have not been asking the right questions because they're not aware of a lot of this information and the misinformation that's been added to this is by the bjp it cells or the people who think we are anti national and all that they've made it a political issue so they've brought in perspectives that are not really relevant to our cause just to make our cause seem irrelevant so yeah a lot of this false information is being spread about and people need to be aware of it so yeah basically they are trying to gaslight us and like gilbert said they're trying to label us as leftist anti-national terrorist although we want the best for our state they think that i mean they claim that what they are doing is for our benefit but we but they refuse to even cooperate with us on the little things and people don't know this because they haven't been exposed to such things and they like gilbert said aren't asking the right questions and the government keeps on throwing red herrings at us so and it distracts people um especially like like today in the newspaper we got that the government would be um giving solar power to the villages but if you go to see it is not very adequate when it comes to how much they're going to do and how much actually needs to be done uh, are you taking the legal route or are you looking at mostly activism in terms of take, uh, are you talking with politicians there um there have been letters that have been sent to the mlas also and some of the mlas themselves have uh, further written letters to the ministers uh, the national level ministers so that's one aspect of it secondly um it's not just the students who are um, campaigning here it's a group of all kinds of people so this group basically includes lawyers as well uh, also environmental like uh, activists prominent environmental activists scientists from uh, major institutes all of them they've all done surveys 
and they've all written and their letters have been blatantly disregarded by the people who should be doing something about it so yeah it's not it's not just students who are campaigning it's all kinds of people Thank you for listening to this episode of Climate Emergency. You can listen to more episodes on our website sunoindia.in or you can just search Climate Emergency on any other podcast app of your choice. Suno India's motto is to continue to report on underreported and underrepresented stories. Help us to continue to report on these stories. You can support us on our website sunoindia.in. Thank you.